0: you know what? This is crap. We're going to stop this. I can't stand it.
1: Run it again. Huddle up and run it again. We're
2: rolling now. <laughs> I think so. Microphones are on. Marker Two.
3: 8, 10, go. The Eggies. Merrill
4: for the lead.
5: He's got it!
3: The Jazz.
5: Uh-oh. Uh-oh. On the three. Get it! Back!
6: The High Schools.
5: Russell's going to take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into
6: the info! If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it.
2: Number four of my best non sports sports Wife carrying. I beg your pardon?
6: It's the full court press with Eric Franson and AJ Selvason.
3: Because what you're really saying when you're using all this blabberish is AJ, you were right and I was wrong. That's what I'm hearing from you. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome to the Full Court Press. Eric Frantz and Ajay Salson here on 106.9 The Fan. Oh, wait. Eric, I was like, wait Whoa, a minute. Oh, okay. Here we go. I know I changed his mic. Hello. Come on, Eric. I'm not used to this side of the table. What are you uh, a minute. What are you doing over there? Huh? You doing all right? I haven't seen you all day. Yes, you have. No, not really. You've seen me in passing. Yeah, there we go.
2: Oh, you good? I'm gonna use, a, I'm gonna use I mean, the right just, password here. Just, Sorry. Just, I'm good now. I'm just good.
3: Finger chicken typing over there? Yeah, just a little tappy tappity. Tappity to t- don't don't ever No. Eric, don't do this again. Hey AJ, are you good? Yeah. You have a good day? Yeah. I think it's been alright. Uh got the thing is is like sometimes I'll I'll come I'll come in and I'll say, God, I'm so busy. I've gotta do this, get this, get this, get this done. Wanna make sure I have enough prep for the show today, make sure I'm ready to go for that. And then I'm done and I still have two hours and I'm like, or like an hour and a half. And I'll be like, oh, come on. There's no way I did it all that fast. <laughs> so that's always kind of depressing when you do stuff too fast and you think you're really busy, but you're really not. Like, oh, I still got,
2: I got to make myself look more busy. I got to do more stuff.
3: Uh, yeah, here comes Eric. Eric, uh, yeah, let me just uh, turn off this YouTube video. Let's start with that I wish I had that problem Yeah, yeah, as the Vice President, you'll never have that problem Uh, Welcome to the Full Court Press, everybody Eric Franson, I'm Ajay Salveson Thanks for joining us here on a Thursday Got a busy show for you We have Pick 6 We have a uh, preview of San Jose State, Utah State You'll hear from Coach Ryan Odom about the San Jose State Spartans As Tim Miles and Co. make their trip to Logan. Uh, And then at 4.30, we got the head coach of the Utah State Gymnastics team hopping on air with us. This will be cool. Amy Smith is in her fifth year, and this might be the best team she's ever had. And it might contain one of the best gymnasts she's ever had. Maybe one of the best gymnasts Utah State has ever had. I mean, this is impressive stuff. So we're going to talk to Gymnastics. That will be about 4.30. We'll have her on. Uh, We've also got... Uh, NBA talk, Utah Jazz with a nice win over the Denver Nuggets. We'll talk that. Um, Eric, I came across the top 100 ESPN's baseball players of all time. Oh, okay. And I have some complaints. You might call them hot takes, but they are facts. They are absolute facts for two reasons. One, forget the whole steroid stuff. We need to throw that stuff out the window. We are going to, I mean, just break it down the way it is, and there are some guys who are on, like, way too high on that list. And then... Why? Like, who? And then, I don't think that there's a guy on the list. Okay, one of these guys is way too high, and I'm sure I'll get a lot of arguments, but I think it's based on historians and what they say, and that we just buy into it because we really don't know. I need to have that argument with you at some point today. Please. Please. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, this whole uh, situation, actually not situation, sorry, but this whole thing with the uh, USU football signing class of 2022, I know you played some audio from Blake Anderson yesterday. Good class. Like, honestly, all the way around, I thought they did all right, Eric. I I like what they did with the offensive line. I like what they did at the receiver position. I mean, you've got over, like, what, a 1,000 catches, almost how many yards, how many touchdowns you got to make up with that. And I know you can't replace it. But you got to find a way to kind of somewhat cover the gap. And I think that they did that with two guys in particular, Brian Cops, who you asked about, and Xavier Williams, who I asked Coach about as well. I think those guys could help, and they've got guys who can play inside slot and guys who can play the outside position as well, as well as they've got good height on those receivers. Those are huge.
2: Yeah, they do have good size, and they've got good frames, according to uh, Coach Anderson. Uh, But it's also a nice mix with guys coming back. Guys that are going to b- still be there. Guys who are still on the roster. Uh, let's let's not overlook the talent that's still there and that's coming back. And with another year of development with Coach Cephalo and Coach Tucker and Coach Anderson, uh, Utah State wide receiving core is going to be just fine. And now we just added a couple of serious athletes, some serious dudes. And, uh, again, opposing defenses are going to have – a heck of a time trying to figure out who to focus on defensively. You want to bracket one guy, we're going to beat you with another. You want to take away this side of the field, we'll get you on the other side of the field. So uh, I really like how it's come together. At least it looks nice in recruiting. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see in spring how well they compete and to see just you know how it starts to work out with the guys that are here. And the other big thing, the big takeaway for me, is that yes, it is a really big recruiting class. But 15 of those guys are on campus right now. Mm. That is huge, huge. Gives them a a leg up on conditioning, understanding the playbook, getting to familiar with the coaches, and the what what it takes to to just to live here, the lifestyle of Utah State. And so that they come into spring, they have that development time. It, it makes it, it takes a or I should say it makes a huge difference. It's a big advantage for this Utah State football team going into next year.
3: If you want to be part of the show, our text line is open for you, or Gill Mortgage text line. Appreciate Gil Mortgage being a sponsor of the Full Court Press, 435 339 Again, 435 339 text into the Gill Mortgage text line, and I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, if you're asking about tickets for tonight, we don't have any to give away tonight. We will have two pairs of tickets to give away tomorrow, and we'll do that tomorrow for the Aggies UNLV Rebel game at 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday, uh, pregame with Al Lewis and co. at 3 p.m. So uh, be aware of that. And then uh, Utah State women's basketball-, basketball will be immediately after. So if you go to the game, stick around, watch the women play, see if we can go get a pair of wins for the Aggies in one day. Boy, what a... What oh, a close dude. game. I would just want to throw up, man. Oh, man. you they had a little bit of a roll going there They in did play. Well, and, and and not only that, but you play so well with San Diego State. Uh, free throws ended up being a bugaboo. They missed, I think, six on the night, um, and you lose by one, right? Like, you think about that. You miss six free throws, and you lose by one. That's going to kind of kick you in the in, in the gut when you get to the locker room. But, I mean, Randall hits a tough layup on the right side. And then they don't – like I guess they try to press Ramos – who gets by a couple of Aggies and there's just like a full, like floor of wood in front of her. I mean, she gets from one point to like near the three point line before she finds Staples underneath. Who, by the way, Staples is a uh, Utah product. He's from Viewmont High School. Uh, ends up getting the game winning layup, uh, uh, but with about point six left and win it for the San Diego State Aztecs, sixty eight sixty seven. That was a bummer, man. I ah hate those losses, but. Aggies will move on. Rebels come up. Rebels were really good in, in, in women's basketball. Their first place. They just beat New Mexico. Gave them their first conference loss. UNLV men's basketball, Eric, they're they're it's almost the same situation it is every year with them. Like they're not out of it, but they're I mean, but they're not really contending for a Mount West Conference number one seed. But they're just there to spoil your day. Like if you are a number two or three team in the conference, there's a good chance that they're going to give you a run for their money and might even beat you if you don't come ready to play. That Rebels game on Saturday is going to be really good. So I guess you're to need to come ready to play. That'll be fine. That'll be a good doubleheader. Bryce Hamilton uh, had 40 against, uh, was it Nevada? Or who was he? He had 40 uh, no, against Colorado State. Colorado State, yeah. He put up 40. And uh, just one of the better ball players. In fact, Eric, let me ask you this. If you had to, right now at this very point, Pick a all Mountain West Conference first team. What would it look like? Oh,
2: I, I that would be really hard. I'd have a really hard time doing that.
3: Yeah, what well, would well, give me? I so, mean, on the spotlight, I, I would,
2: I'd probably put uh, Roddy from Colorado State, um, Hunter Maldonado from Wyoming. Um, boy, I I have to put Justin Bean on there, but probably because we see more of him. Um, gosh, uh, he's got to have somebody from Boise. Guy that kept hitting the game-winning shots. Shaver Jr. Shaver, yeah. He's got to be on there.
3: So, one more. Boy. That's tough. If this, this could be the hardest Mountain West Conference first team that we might ever have to put together. Or that we would, the Mountain West Conference would have to put together. Because, a lot of people are leaving off EK right now, and EK's having himself a heck of a season. I know, season. that's true. I mean, how do you leave that guy off, right? Mensa's not playing too bad himself. Uh, the Bradley kid's been really good as well. Is that Matt Bradley, I think is his name, for San Diego State? mm mm-hmm. He's been really good, too. Uh, he's a transfer Scorer. The tennis, yeah. Shooter. He's yep. been wonderful.
2: Yeah, he'll probably end up on it. He probably would have been my fifth guy, now that you say that.
3: Uh, so I would say Maldonado. David Roddy, Justin Bean. Um, I'd have to. I, I don't know how I leave off Ek right now. At this point, I just don't know how. Mm. And I'd probably put on Bradley. So I, I would leave a Boise State player off. That's what you have to deal with, if you're voting. That's that's what you're gonna have to deal with this year. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Oh, we're, have fun we're, with we're, that. Yeah, we're we're thinking about you guys over there. Uh <laughs> again, Aggie Men's basketball they uh played tonight against San Jose State, six seven o'clock, six o'clock pregame with Al Lewis, Jalen Moore, and uh and is that it, right? Al Lewis, for Lemore. the pre, yeah.
2: And I... then you'll you'll hear from the coach. Okay, uh, hear some of his comments uh preparing for the game and, and have hear them break it down. Uh I really liked um Jake Ellis. He had a good or a preview of the game uh on Cash Valley Daily, just the the the, the players for San Jose State. This is a a team that doesn't have a good record, but they've got some shooters and one through five guys who can shoot the ball, and a couple of guys who are like shooting above forty percent from three. So that's going to be a real key for Utah State. this is a San Jose State team that's what is it their seventh or eighth straight loss just yeah. the other day. Tough times. Um, but uh, but you can't you can't overlook them. they get hot because they've got shooters and they got they get streaky. And that's hard to defend and cool off.
3: Yeah. And <laughs> Did you see the line for this game?
2: Uh, I was just about to pull up the the scores for tonight, the games for tonight. that would have those. If I haven't not, seen it.
3: If I'm not mistaken, I think it's twenty. Oh yes, there it is, twenty.
2: Are there some players out? Because it wasn't that aggressive earlier, was it? Would you take
3: it? Oh. Uh, The way USU's playing right now—I mean, you got two teams headed in the incredibly opposite directions at Mach nine speed.
2: Twenty's pretty aggressive.
3: (laughs) But here's the thing: the Aggies just beat uh, what's their bucket by like uh, Air Force. Yeah, Air Force. How much they beat them by? Twenty something, right? Yeah, they beat Nevada by twenty nine.
2: Yeah, they beat Air Force by. Twenty-seven points. I I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I maybe that line's not as aggressive as we think. San Jose is not as good as Air Force. Hmm. Uh, Boise State in Wyoming also oh, played tonight.
3: Game of the game of the night, maybe the game of the week.
2: Well, great game earlier in the week with Wyoming, Colorado and State. Colorado State. And this one's at Wyoming. And now there's another great matchup in Laramie. Wyoming favored by one.
3: Can't have a letdown there for Wyoming. This is huge. And against Wyoming or against Boise State, you have to play the full 40 minutes because Boise State will be there at the end if you don't. Like, you have to play full 40 minutes against these guys. That's going to be a great, great basketball game. Uh, 2305 Eric texted, who do the Aggies have at the running back position with some size and experience for next year? Well, right now it's just Calvin Tyler Jr. and John Gentry. There is, uh, I think they have a freshman back as well. Uh, in fact, um, I had asked Coach Anderson about well, that same situation.
2: Noah White's a preferred walk-on. Yeah, and then you got the the freshman who's a running back. He's only five foot seven. He's still small.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, but in regards of like experienced running backs, we R- yeah. we only have two. And Calvin Tyler hasn't always been healthy. That's that's also an issue. So you gotta hope that he'll be healthy, and then you gotta hopefully find some depth. And here in, in my opinion, Eric, you don't stay you don't run away from the portal. Stick in there and see if you can find a running back out of there. And use him. Like, let's go get one more running back, even if it's a P five guy. Go find one more experienced running back to help back up back up Calvin Tyler. Cause they're gonna need another guy.
2: Yeah, they yes. You, you need somebody else in there. Yeah, need another option. Um Robert Briggs, that's his name. Uh Robert Briggs, he's only 5 foot 7 freshman out of Texas. Um But you you're right. They need another experienced back in the mix. Uh if it's a graduate transfer, four-year transfer, now, it's going to create some interesting competition with Calvin Tyler. Sure. But, um, but yeah, Utah State needs another option at running back.
3: In fact, here is Coach Anderson on that situation of losing Elion Noah and who's up next in the running back department.
0: We haven't had anybody uh, in the portal yet at that particular position. Did not want uh, Elion to leave. I think he felt very similar to Peasley. Felt like he was really a number two and wants to try to be the number one and and is looking for opportunities where he might be. And, and he did a great job for us and hate that he left. Um, we had – obviously, you guys have paid attention. We had several other guys that left to transfer down and play at lower levels. And I get that. I completely support those guys trying to get on the field. But uh, both those guys, Peasley and, and L.A., and we'd love to see both of them just sit here and just continue to build on the role and be ready for their opportunities. Uh, we, uh, we we had a little bit more knowledge of, of Peasley looking to leave, so we're able to kind of attack that problem a little bit earlier in the recruiting process. Elion was one we weren't expecting. We'd already started the semester, really didn't see that coming because he was getting better and better every day and we're getting was getting more and more opportunities as well. So we'll just have to look at, uh, at what's available uh, between now and the season if maybe a transfer guy might fit the room or – Maybe does room that we already have, does it does it step up and fill the gap in a way that um you know that that we hadn't seen yet? So we we'll, we're gonna be patient on that. And we'll just see what happens. We are bringing in a freshman running back in Briggs. Uh, so we'll see uh, we'll just see exactly what, what maybe the next step is. I I don't want to panic.
3: Don't wanna panic. I, I'm telling you, I listen to those words and it tells me that we've got somebody coming. Just hold tight, <laughs> all right. Give us us a couple months, and we'll take care of it. Well,
2: the other thing, too, we see this every year, maybe not to a great degree, but it happens from time to time. I remember when Gary Anderson got here, Gary Anderson 1.0, he was moving guys in their positions. It's like, look, you've got some real talent, but I think it's going to be better suited in this position rather than what you were originally recruited here for. And that happens when they get on – On campus, you see them, you get to know them, you see what your needs are, uh, you run through some practices, and based on need or an ability, sometimes guys switch positions. So just because somebody was recruited to one position, doesn't necessarily – that's what they're going to continue to play with uh, this current coaching staff.
3: Eric, didn't we feel like we felt – Didn't we feel like we felt – Didn't we feel like that based on the way that the Aggies run their offensive – side of the ball and their system on the offensive side of the ball that they really did need a quality running back to help get them through. Like You couldn't just rely on Logan Bonner, to go chuck it 30 times and get planted into the dirt 29 times. Like They needed a running back and a running game to kind of stabilize everything, and so we saw the importance of Calvin Tyler Jr. throughout the year last season.
2: Absolutely, because you saw the offense sometimes... They weren't getting a lot of push up front and they weren't getting a lot of yards and and I would hear grumblings from people like, Why are we running it? It's so not effective. Stop running it. But as an offense, you have to be committed to trying to to run the ball, to keep the defense honest, and to help set up the play action pass. Eventually, I mean your hope is that you break through, right? And get one that breaks loose or you find that seam. But um uh, to do that you need sometimes you need multiple backs at your disposal. We don't live in an era anymore where it's one running back's going to get, you know, 25 30 carries a game. Uh and it's usually they get rotated out. You need to have a couple of different options. Um and so do you have one that's more of a power back, one that's more speed, one who's shifty? Um so you need that in your in your tool belt, so to speak, when you're running an offense.
3: Six five four three text into the show. Why would a coach want someone to sit here and build on their own rather than transfer to play? Yeah, I and, and I don't know what you would have told a guy like Peasley, right? I don't know what you would have told him. Like, hey, you're going to be sitting behind Bonner and probably Cooper Lagarde now. Sorry, but that's the kind of way it is. I like, I don't know how you would have been able to convince Peasley to stay.
2: Well, Coach said that they did try to convince him to stay. They did. They wanted him to stay.
3: But I don't know what your pitch is to him, though.
2: Well, it's that look. We've we've got. It's pretty clear who our starting quarterback is. But you never know when he goes down. He could get hurt in practice. He could get hurt on the first play of the first game. We never know how long he's going to be available. So we need a quality quarterback available at a moment's notice. So we need someone with experience and skill, which he had. So I think that's the pitch. But the player has to ultimately decide am I okay with that? Or do I want to go chase a spot, a chance where I know mm. I'm going to get minutes and I have greater opportunity?
3: Uh, 2305 text in. How about the offensive line? Are all of those guys coming back? And what year are they? Jacob South is coming back. They got one more guy coming back, too. I'm trying to remember who it is. But they loaded up on the offensive line. They were was in,
2: Alfred Edwards, was he a senior? I, I was trying I wanted to
3: say Alfred Edwards, and I might be wrong on that. I cannot remember who our other guy. We got one more guy coming back, uh, both experienced in that position in the offensive line spot at least. And they and they were hurting. We knew that in spring ball. We knew that in fall ball. They were like they had no depth. I, I think we've got I think we
2: got a lot of our guys coming back on the other line. I don't know if we do. Because that was one of the concerns is that
3: there wasn't a lot of experience coming into this year. I think it was depth too. Here is Depth Coach, is an issue. Yes, here is Coach Anderson on the offensive line, and what it's going to look like.
0: Well, yeah, numbers were a problem. We were we were short-handed all year long. Uh, if you look at what you want in terms of roster management, what you want on scholarship, and what we had, the numbers didn't even come close. We were several several spots behind. Um, you know, obviously graduation didn't hit us in a huge way, but we lost we lost a couple, and, and so um, we we. We knew we needed to start making up some ground there. It starts up front. I know all the touchdown and, and balls thrown in the air and all that stuff is real flashy, but at the end of the day, you got to be good up front on both sides. So we made a we made a huge emphasis on on recruiting some young guys here in the state, especially around the state, that we thought could we could start building that room for years and years to come. But we're not done there as well. We're going to continue to look at the portal just in case uh, a veteran transfer type. Guy may add some depth to the room, uh, or maybe even die, you know come in that could compete uh, and push some guys that are there. But um, you know our philosophy is going to be to build the fronts and, and make sure that we got bodies on upon bodies. And this was a really good year in the state of Utah, in my opinion, uh, to 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 take some guys that that can help us uh, and, and that we can build on. So that that's really where that was a huge interest, emphasis. And I think I think. I think our guys did a great job identifying and recruiting that position.
2: And w- I talked about this yesterday. I distinctly recall the post game of the BYU and Boise games. <laughs> Coach was
3: I might have listened to both of those though, beside himself, and he
2: said, "It's clear we've got to get bigger up front. We've got to be more physical
3: up front." And Wyoming too. Like what Wyoming did to those guys was just embarrassing. I,
2: I think that was as much a
3: misguided game plan. I, I'll agree to that as anything. I'll definitely agree to that. Because
2: look at Wyoming. The rest of the most of the rest of their games, they did not play like that. In yeah. most of the rest of their games,
3: wasn't that like the weirdest, almost odd game for? It was I mean, really anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. I mean, it was just like they came out flat and. They just didn't look. And, and by the way, Coach Anderson took blame for that game. I think you no. Know, I was listening to you guys' post game press conference on KVNU and Coach was like, "Look, it's our bad. Our, our coaches didn't plan right. We didn't. We didn't get the kids ready enough. It was, wow. That was a weird, odd game. All right, let's take a break. Before uh, we do that, can yeah. we do some breaking news? I like breaking news. Breaking news. That's got to be our breaking that news bumper be, from, from now on. That's got to be
2: a permanent. Please, invite. please, <laughs> put Eric, that on a button somewhere. Allow that. Uh, Utah Jazz announcing that Donovan Mitchell has cleared concussion protocol.
3: He's still going to sit out, huh?
2: So whether he plays in their game uh, coming up against the Brooklyn Nets is questionable because he's
3: doesn't
2: been he out too so many conditioning, games, right? Um, but sorry,
3: doesn't he have to go through a conditioning or something now? Well, that's
2: the question. It was now, we wondered about like Rylan Jones, yeah. Uh, he was as soon as he cleared protocol, he was able to play, but he didn't start because yeah. there's a, getting his wind back, getting his conditioning back. So um, just I haven't seen anything just yet, but just saw just now that uh, from the Utah Jazz that uh, Donovan Mitchell has cleared con- concussion protocol and uh, is going to start preparing to uh, be available for the team.
3: Hallelujah! About freaking time Donovan decided he wanted to play basketball for the Jazz. Wasn't sure if he's going to pull up Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. Amy Smith, the head coach of the Utah State gymnastics team, which is ranked 20th in the country, and has a big try meet tomorrow night inside the Spectrum. We'll have her on the show to talk about this great team and the great uh, work by Bree Bryant uh, for the Utah State Gym. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan.
5: Well. <laughs> What shall
4: we talk about? You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: Of course I think Mac Jones has a
5: lower ceiling than other guys. But this idea that that the, the Patriots have to completely start all over is laughable. That's what they did this offseason. And teams don't go from starting over to reaching a Super Bowl. That just doesn't happen that way.
4: The Doug Gottlieb Show.
6: Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Cold weather is here.
1: Let the gold medal winner in the Best of Northern Utah's fireplace category help you update your home with Napoleon's full line of gas or wood-burning products. Building a new home? Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove design and install your fireplace. From traditional to modern, Napoleon has something for every design and every budget. Install a product that will allow your family to make memories for years to come. Stop by at their showroom or visit them at
5: advancedfireplaceandstove.com. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems. Did you know that Valley Office Systems is a local company with Utah ownership? And we are debt-free with 47 years of industry experience. Valley remains your safe and smart choice for document solutions and all things office. Visit valleyofficesystems.com.
4: Mountain Land RV presents the second annual Cash Valley RV show this weekend at the Cash County Fairgrounds Event Center come tour a huge selection of travel trailers fifth wheels, toy haulers and more inside the event center. Mountain Land RV will have financing available and tons of free prize giveaways. RV brands like Keystone Hideout Primetime Avenger, Bullet, Sprinter and Cherokee Wolfpack Toy Haulers. It's this weekend, February 3rd, 4th and 5th the biggest outdoor show Cash Valley's ever seen. Mountain Land RV presents the second annual Cash Valley RV show at the Cash County Fairgrounds Event Center. See you there
7: When times get dark, we can't see the help that's all around us. Maybe you're not sure how you'll make rent, or you lost your job. When you don't know where to turn, let 211 be your guiding light. Our guides are ready to connect you with the help you need.
6: 211, how can I help you?
7: Call or visit 211.org. 211, get connected, get help.
1: This, keep it on the down low here, is the Dan Patrick Show. This set up perfectly for doubt. You have a good offense, you have impact players on defense, you had home field advantage, and then you beat yourself. You do stupid things, you let the 49ers manhandle you for the first three quarters
4: you let jimmy garoppolo beat you dan patrick the dan patrick show
6: weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on sports talk radio 106.9 fm 1390 a.m the fan the aggies the jazz the high schools the full court press on sports talk radio 106.9 fm 1390 a.m the fan
2: The boys don't
3: appreciate all the money and the time that it takes To be fly Full-court press. Mother I'm Ajay Salveson here on 106.9 The Fan. You know, everyone's talking about Utah State Football National Signing Day. Everybody's talking about Utah State men's basketball. They're on a little bit of a, a winning streak. Got some momentum going as well. But what's really the story of Utah State Athletics is this women's gymnastics team. What they're doing has been, to say it's impressive, is an understatement. Absolute understatement. Led by head coach Jamie Smith, who's in her fifth season, hired in 2017, uh, took her team to the 26th NCAA Regional Championship. That was her first since 2017. Now ranked 20th in gymnastics They're on a roll, and we are privileged and honored to have Coach Amy Smith on with us here on the Full Court Press. Coach, hi, how are you?
7: I am doing fantastic. Thank
3: you. Well, uh, thank you for uh, joining us here on the Full Court Press. Grateful to have you. Coach, uh, this has been a phenomenal start for you guys to your season, Uh, and, and it seems like it's a young team, if I dare say. When you bring such a young team in, how much coaching do you have to do and how much of it is them just having the composure uh, and to be able to come in and just perform immediately coming out of the gates?
7: You know, it's funny. Um, we actually kind of prescribe to the whole ignorance is bliss with freshmen coming in <laughs> and competing and that they don't really know those first couple meets. And um, so there's programs out there that don't compete their freshmen right out of the gates. And... We've had a lot of success um, competing those younger athletes, so it's been really cool and really
3: fun. What's also been more impressive is, is your guys' performances so far in the uh, uh, events against BYU. You guys captured four event titles, eight top three finishes. You had a season-high score of 196.450 uh, against number 21 ranked BYU. What was that like to have that great of a performance Versus that quality of a team like b y u
7: yeah, I mean I think it was it was it was a great meet, and afterwards we were talking about you know we kind of won the battles of each event, but we didn't win the war because we didn't we didn't come out of that with a, with a win but um you know one of the things that we talked about too is having our one through four in a lineup support our five and six because we really felt like the fifth and sixth spot um on the majority of the events really held that meet down and put up big scores in the back end of the lineup and it was a good meet, but we wanna we wanna be even better than that. And we've got big goals this year of of um breaking the school record of a one ninety seven two five. So we feel like we're in position to do that, but we just need everybody in those lineups to show up and bring their best when their best is needed. So That's kind of something we talked about this week, and obviously we've been building meet-by-meet, which is really cool, but really hopeful that we're going to make a big jump um, tomorrow night in our score.
3: Well, I know you're all about the team, but the Mountain Rim Gymnastics Conference, after that performance against BYU, honored four of your gymnasts for their performance, and of course, freshman Bree Clark was one of them, who earned her fourth straight MRGC Floor Specialist of the Week honor, scoring a 9.925 uh, and that was good enough for first on the event Bree Clark is being considered <laughs> as maybe one of and I know this is way too early to say this but could be one of the greatest gymnasts to ever touch the floor at Utah State what have you seen out of her being oh, you so young that.
7: I say send it
3: say it yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't want to jinx anything Yeah, I gotta be careful it's the head coach here no
7: she's I mean she's phenomenal um and you know, coming in, she was such just this raw talent and we knew we were gonna need to refine her a little bit and she was such a sponge for us in some and just so coachable, such an open mind, and on top of how phenomenal her gymnastics is, it's like when you see her do that floor team, that kid lights up. Like she is pure joy on the floor. And aside from all of that great stuff, she is just one of the most lovely human beings on the planet. So it just, I mean, she's an absolute pleasure to coach, and we are so, so incredibly lucky that she chose to, to come here and be an Aggie because, my God, that girl's going to have just a phenomenal, phenomenal career. And just, I think all of us are just excited to, to sit back and watch. <laughs>
3: You've had the chance, Bill, to bring her to Utah State. What was your pitch in bringing Brie Clark here? How did you find her? What was that recruiting uh, opportunity like for you?
7: Yeah, you know, it was it was associate head coach Eric Lewis found her, and um, we started the recruiting process with her and was just, you know, hey, give us a chance. Come out here. You know, we we really feel like we've got something really special happening. And the really cool thing – is when she committed to us, we, we weren't what we are today. And she, she listened to what we had to say. She believed in us. So, I mean, we're, like I said, we're just so grateful that she's here and, 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 and believe what, what we said we were going to do. And, and right now in 22, we're in the middle of it and we're, we're executing that. So it's, it's really cool.
3: Uh. She also, and I was talking to your SID, Wade Dennison, about this, but yeah. uh, was told that she is just the fourth gymnast to ever complete the Biles. Now, when I say fourth gymnast to our listeners, that's the fourth gymnast ever in the world, not just like at Utah State, like in the world to ever complete the, the Biles. What is the Biles? Can you tell us about that? Yeah.
7: So, the Biles is obviously Simone Biles, Olympic champion. Um, it is a double layout, so it's two flips in a laid out position and on the second flip she half twists out of it and on top of being the fourth person in the universe to do this she is actually the very first non-national team member she did it at the club level, which is even more oh my gosh so it's it's really really cool we've been training it um, we were hoping to let it loose last weekend at BYU, but she didn't quite warm it up as well as what we liked, So um, we're being smart with her, and and um, like I said, she's been training it, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks, everybody will get to see it because it's been really good in practice. So pretty cool.
3: How excited are you? I, does that kind of stuff like make you nervous? Do you get excited because this is such a big opportunity? But you want it and you want them to be successful, but. Uh, do you get nervous about it? You
7: know, we uh, our philosophy we we want to see them warm up their stuff. Great, right? we're not a coaching staff that rolls the dice with these kids in any capacity. And so, like I said, the plan was to do it at BYU, but it just it just wasn't there. And we were just like, you know what, we don't need to. We, we got time with this and we want to be smart with her. And you know, it is it is exciting, um, and it's it's a great buzz for a program. You know, and it's, it's, she's helping get eyes on our program and what we're doing. And it's just, it's, it's pretty cool and it's pretty phenomenal.
3: So. Uh, I was talking to Sarah Landis, one of the great Aggie gymnasts ever. Uh, You're talking
7: uh, to it, over here at I <laughs> love, so. well, I'm
3: just trying to get to know the game, I mean, or at least the sport, gymnastics. I just didn't know enough about it. And one of the things that bothered me, and, and I talked to Sarah <laughs> about this, was the ranking system. Like, you guys, for as good as you've been as a team, you're, you're ranked 20th. And so I said, how in the world does this work? And she said, it's by a point system. And I got to be honest, as much as I tried to listen to her, it made no sense. So I was wondering if you could help me, Coach, and our listeners. How does the ranking system work? Because it's a lot different from, like, college football it's, or college yeah, basketball. It's,
7: yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's like you look at this last weekend, and we had a loss to BYU, and we moved up in the rankings. Like, when does that usually happen? You know, in in the world, of sports, So we're a little silly in that. Um, Basically, the way the the, uh, ranking breaks down is that right now, we are ranked solely by our average. So every meet counts right now. And then once we, each team has successfully competed six meets, three of which have to be away, um... And three home, that's what you can count. You drop the high score, and then you average those five, And that's what's called our national qualifying score. And so, you I mean, technically, you could count all six road scores if you wanted, but they try and balance it out with the three and three. Um, So, once again, it's like in our sport, win-loss, winning is kind of bragging rights. And you could technically go through... An entire season and not win a meet, and we could be ranked tenth in the country, and it'd be one of the best years ever. So we're a little weird in that capacity, and I think sometimes that's hard for people to understand. But really, ultimately, every every competition we have, we're technically competing against everybody in the country for that week,
3: hmm.
7: which is kind of cool when you when you think about it that way.
3: Yeah. Well, as that is in, I've never heard of it like that. And I just, I'm like, this team's got to be top 10. Like, how we rank 20th when this team's a top 10 squad? And so, yeah, I, uh, I'll get used to it here later on, I promise. <laughs> uh, but a uh, r- really cool announcement came out just uh, about hour, maybe two hours ago, is that uh, the gymnastics practice facility is going to be named now Ray Korn uh, after uh, one of the greats in Utah State Gymnastics, It um, will be yeah. uh, located, I believe, in uh, in the Health, Physical Education, and Recreation building. And Correct. there's going to be a big tribute on Saturday evening for, uh, for Ray Raycorn. What does that mean to you to have that building building named after one of the greatest legends in Utah State Athletics history?
7: I mean, I, I think it's... Definitely do. You know, and he, he put Utah State Gymnastics on the map. And just a huge supporter of collegiate gymnastics in general. And Cache Valley. And... You know it's been really cool um having people reach out and and talk about ray i I unfortunately never got the opportunity to meet him um very very sad about that because like i said the the outpouring of of people in the community has just it's been really cool, and just so excited to have that history now you know as a part of our gym and that legacy and um it's just it's and just excited to have all the alumni come back and, and support the program. So it's it's really special.
3: It's going to be a great event. gymnastics head coach for Utah State University. Amy Smith joins us here on the full court press. Coach, you got a big try meet tomorrow. Southern Utah Ball State coming into the house of the Spectrum uh, tomorrow night, seven o'clock. Aggie Nation, get your tickets uh, at UtahStateAggies.com yes. and come be a part of this great great team and uh, come support a top twenty gymnastics team. Coach, what has Aggie Nation meant to you and their support for this team as well?
7: Oh man, they have been phenomenal. I mean, even from our first meet down at the best of Utah, it, we've had the best cheering section and their support means absolutely everything to us, everything to the girls. It It elevates their experience so much and just, I mean, the, the level of appreciation that we have for the crowd, I, I can't even express it. And it's been, you know, our first home meet, we did the Spectrum Magic, and the Herd was there. I mean, they they really helped the energy and swaying the judges and all of that. So it's been, it's been fantastic, and we want to keep building it. And like you said, tomorrow night, we're at 7 o'clock. I guarantee if you've never been to a gymnastics meet, if you come out, there's no way you will be disappointed of walking out of that. It is just something special and different to watch these women in person doing what they do. It's incredible.
3: Again, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Coach, we talked a little bit about team goals. Do you guys, or how often do you talk about making it to the NCAA Super Regional? Do you guys talk about that often, or is that something you hold off into later and you just try to focus one meet at a time?
7: You know, we, we've set goals. We've got a big banner in our gym with our goals on it. And, you know, there's some specific stuff for events, but overall we're, we're pushing to win a conference championship. We're pushing to get in that last competition day of regionals. Um, and I mean, yeah, we, we, we talk about it all the time, all the time.
3: Well, you're well on your or way, coach.
7: Sure we're, we're working up to that standard.
3: Well, I have to say you're well on your way right now. You've got an incredibly great group and a great team right now, and they're uh, they're doing great things as well, historic things awesome. in Utah State Gymnastics. Uh, happy for you, Coach. Hey, best wishes for tomorrow night. I'll be there. I'll be supporting the gymnast and supporting you as well. Best of luck, and we'll see you tomorrow night.
7: Well, thank you. Come down and say hi. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. Will do, Coach. Can't wait Thanks to see you guys. for
7: having me. I- be I safe. I really appreciate it. Thanks so
3: much. Go Aggies. All right. That's head coach Amy Smith here on the Full Court Press. What a wonderful coach. What a wonderful team she's got. Again, they did great things despite COVID last year, and they're only going to do even better things coming up. And and they're actually already doing great things this year, historic things. Come watch it tomorrow night, 7 o'clock in the spectrum. Get your tickets at utahstateaggies.com. And if you're a student, don't even need a ticket. Go in there and uh, go be a part of USU Heard and go support these gals. They definitely deserve Uh, every bit of it. That's uh, that's head coach Amy Smith. We'll take a break. Coming here on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press. with
2: Eric Franson. I will hurt somebody's feelings. There's a national narrative in the NBA that if you become a star, you feel discontent if you're in a small or medium market. And that exists really only in the NBA. Kevin Durant was able to win and get to the NBA Finals in Oklahoma City. We had to continue to pile on and make him believe that he could only find satisfaction if he left to go to a major market. Weekdays from 4 to
6: 6, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM,
5: The Fan. Winter is upon us, which is the best reason to have a clean and healthy home. This is Dow with ChemDry of Northern Utah. Let us come and make your carpets, rugs, and upholstery and hardwood as clean as it can be. Platinum certified with a carpet and rug, institute, and indoor air quality association. ChemDry's hot carbonation and quick dry times will leave your homes healthy and ready to combat the cold and flu season. We're a company that you can trust. Call ChemDry of Northern Utah.
8: 5, 2, 6, this is
2: Jay with Daryl's Appliance. What happens when an appliance breaks down and the cost of the repair is more than the appliance value? You're stuck with a service call charge at most places, not at Daryl's. With our exclusive under one roof loyalty program, we discount the service called diagnostic charge when you decide to buy new from us instead of the repair. That's the Darrell's difference
8: because service always comes first. Darrell's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, at five on Saturday.
4: Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer. We'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally, now open in Preston.
5: Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Your team's in the locker room, ready to get out there and play to win. But you see a player you don't recognize, they're wearing your jersey and even know your coach's name. But who are they? Would you let this stranger look at your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing attacks work. In 2020, the number of phishing attacks against businesses doubled compared to the previous year. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at LesOlson.com.
6: Talking the sports you care about, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: thanks to uh, Coach Amy Smith, head coach of the Utah State gymnastics team. That was fun. Good to talk to her. I'm excited about the meet tomorrow. I uh, I have uh, the evening off, and so I got a chance to go watch some Utah State gymnastics. And you know, I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity. Hope you will too. Get your tickets at UtahStateEggs.com And if you're a student, go there and be part of the herd and uh, make some noise and cheer for this team. This um, this Brie Clark girl uh, is doing incredible things. Like the whole Simone Biles fourth to ever do it. In the world, ever, is nothing to sniff at. Nothing to, like, just roll your eyes to. That is talent. And she's a freshman. A freshman. Give her a couple years and she might be setting records here that people didn't think was ever going to be broken. And she'll be part of teams and help teams and lead teams to records that, as team records, maybe probably would never be broken. And could lead them... Not only to the NCAA regional, but uh, competing as a contender, honestly. And this is no joke, contending for a national championship. This is what an incredible individual talent she is. And what a great team she's got. A lot of these girls, I was looking at some of the roster, and a lot of these girls are juniors, sophomores, and freshmen. And they're doing this right now. Again, ranked 20th in the country. Tomorrow night in a and meet Ball State, Southern Utah, come to the Spectrum. Uh, get over there and support Amy Smith and this wonderful gymnastics team. Big thanks to Wade Denniston for his help in uh, getting the, those fans on out there as well. Let's see here. 2305, oh, what does it cost to go to an Aggie Gymnastic meet for the public? And how long does it last? Two great questions. Don't know on either of them. I will find that out and get back to you ASAP. I promise, okay? Hold tight, I promise you'll find out those answers for you uh, about uh, what does it cost to go to an Aggie Gymnastic meet and how long does it last? Those darn good questions, 2305. I'll get your answers, I promise. Hold tight on that, alright? See, as uh, a well, I just, I I get it for free so I haven't had to pay for a USU vet in a long long time. Mm All right. so let's get through some news uh, throughout the day around the country. Uh, First of all, this whole John Elway, Denver Broncos versus Brian Flores thing is just crazy. Bonkers. Now, I am not a Denver Broncos fan. I hate Denver just like I hate Peyton Manning, just like I hate Eli Manning, just like I hate the Steelers, like I hate San Diego State, like I hate BYU. I, I'm not a Denver guy, but the whole uh, accusation that allegedly – uh, John Elway came into this interview with Brian Flores drunk and hung over after they got off a plane and did not look even in the least bit interested in interviewing Brian Flores. It's just bonkers. This is a crazy story, and this is not even close to being done yet. Now, John Elway uh, released a lengthy statement to the NFL and to those uh, about the class action lawsuit that Flores is filing against the NFL uh, the Dolphins, the Giants, and the Broncos uh, that he, that there was racism involved in the selection of a head coach. Uh, and, they, and then Brian Flores also said that uh, the CEO, Joe Ellison, Mr. Elway, showed up an hour late to the interview, that they looked completely disheveled, and it was obvious that they had drink been drinking heavily the night before. The Broncos said it was a sham or sorry, the Broncos, or at least Brian Flores said the Broncos interview was labeled as a sham and that they had never had any intention to consider him as a legitimate candidate for the job. Eventually, Vic Vangio was uh, hired as the team's head coaching, which, by the way, that might be the greater sham than anything. Not that they didn't hire Brian Flores, but they hired Mr. Dick Vangio or Fabio, or whatever his name is. That might be the greater mistake. That's what the NFL should be suing the Broncos for. That's what Brian Flores should be suing the Broncos for. That they hired Mr. Dick Fabio as their head coach in 2019. Elway said in his statement, quote, while I was not planning to respond publicly to the false and uh, defamatory claims by Brian Flores, I could not be silent any longer with my character and integrity and professionalism being attacked. I took Coach Flores very seriously as a candidate for our head coaching position in 2019 and enjoyed our three-and-a-half-hour interview with him. Along with the rest of our group, I was prepared, ready, and fully engaged during the entire interview as Brian shared his experience and vision for our team. It's unfortunate and shocking to learn for the first time this week that Brian felt differently about our interview with him. End quote. Um, you know, why don't you it, L.A.? You were drinking during the interview. You're like, this guy's so bad. Hey, I need a vodka tonic on the rocks, one lime, and a bendy straw right now. Go get it for me. I'm not going to make it to this interview with this guy anymore. This is too hard. <laughs> All right, second hour of the full court press coming up here on 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the fan. What do Valentine's Day and Jerricks have in common? They're both all about the romance.
8: Jerricks Fine Jewelry has a great selection of men's and women's watches, earrings, bracelets, necklaces, and yes, engagement rings. Don't sweat it out worrying about where to get the perfect gift. Just come to Jerricks. Through Valentine's with any purchase, receive a forever metal rose, handcrafted by metal petals. Valentine's Day and Jerricks, they're both all about the romance.
4: Fine Jewelry
8: Make it
6: special, make it Jell-Its! Steven, stop dragging your feet.
7: Don't you give me that. Look, you've had a bad attitude all day. Now, look, I know you'd rather be with your friends right now, but this has to be done. And either you start cooperating or I'm going to start taking things away from you. And I think you
5: know what that means, don't you, Steven? Yes, I I do. All right. Okay. Watch it. Bigger isn't always better. At Castalight, you'll choose from a huge selection of pavers and receive help from experts. You'll see just how easy it is to do it yourself. For brick, block, rock, paver, and tile, go where the pros go. Online at castalight.com.
8: West Point Dairy Products at Hiram is hiring
6: The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
3: Final 30 seconds of the Full Court Press here. At least hour number one. We'll get to hour number two. Talking Utah State basketball. Uh, Eric Francis will be absent, so it will be me flying solo. Uh, We'll also talk some national football. Of course, the Super Bowl coming up here in a couple weeks. NBA basketball. Utah Jazz with the big win over the Nuggets last night. And Donovan Mitchell has now cleared concussion protocol when he's come back to play. Now it's all about conditioning, right? Second hour coming up. I'm Dan Patrick, and
1: this is Above the Noise. There's been a lot of drama surrounding Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh these past couple of weeks. Earlier this offseason, it was reported he would entertain NFL offers. He told recruits the same thing. even took an interview with the Vikings on National Signing Day. But yesterday, Harbaugh announced he intends to stay at Michigan. Harbaugh has four 10-win seasons and a college football playoff appearance in seven years with the program. And he beat Ohio State this year, despite the success Harbaugh was one of the Big Ten's lowest-paid coaches last season. Between the Vikings' interviews and the Miami Dolphins' rumors, it's becoming clear Harbaugh has interest from NFL owners. We can't know for sure, but maybe that was by design. Harbaugh has made it clear he's wanted that, and that could put him in a position to demand a bigger contract from his alma mater. And with the NFL now officially off the table, we could see that extension sooner rather than later. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise
6: television of sports talk radio it's this man it's the compassion it's the it's the dignity it's the wisdom it's the it's the horse sense of the guy
0: you know what this is crap we're gonna stop this i can't
1: stand it run it again hold up and run it again we're
2: rolling now (laughs) i think so microphones are on marker
3: 8 10 go the eggies merrill
4: for the
5: lead
3: the jazz.
5: Stockton of the three. Hit it!
6: The high schools.
5: Also's gonna take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the
1: end zone.
6: If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it.
2: Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying.
3: Happy Thursday evening, everybody. Hour number two of the full court press. I'm Ajay Salveson, flying solo here for the second hour. You're on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. 106.9 The Fan on our mobile app, which is free on all app stores. 106.9 The Fan. Thanks for joining us, however, wherever you're doing so. Our text line is open. 435-339-0321. 435-339-0321. A couple texts came through. Not many texters came in. During the first hour, 2603, on the Brian Flores fiasco, what is clear is someone is lying. Yes, lying. You get it? Lying. He's lying to you. Uh, yeah, someone's lying. Uh, I hope this makes sense about what I'm going to say. But I think there's a little bit of exaggeration going on from Flores, but I also think that there's all that there is lying going on from the organizations of teams that interviewed Coach Brian Flores. I think that there was not a legitimate interview done from the New York Giants. I don't think that there was a legitimate interview done from the Denver Broncos to Brian Flores. But I also don't think that John Elway walked into the interview drunk Did he probably have himself a glass of whiskey? Sure. Now, I'm not a drinker. I've only been drunk once, and it was accidental. It wasn't my fault. It was the restaurant's fault. I asked for a wild strawberry lemonade, and they gave me a wild strawberry strawberry lemonade with alcohol in it. I drank two glasses, and that was enough to put me on my keister. All of a sudden, I had a laundry basket over my head. I was half naked, and I was running around my room, Singing to Belinda Carlisle. That's all you need to know. Do not ask any more. I said no more questions. But Elway can handle a little small glass of whiskey. And then he—I I really doubt he was hungover or like incredibly incompetent, Walt or disheveled. I guess is the word walking into that interview with Brian Flores. Um, but I wouldn't—I I won't lie. If I was doing an interview and I was the GM or the owner of the Broncos, I would walk into that thing drunk too, knowing what my organization is and what it's going to be, which is a bunch of players who look like they're drunk going out and trying to play in an NFL game. The Broncos organization's a mess, and so is the Giants. Let's not lie about it. Daniel Jones needs help, and a lot of it. I'm talking about from every wits position. They don't have a defense. Their offense sucks. Uh, Saquon Barkley is, I don't know if he's ever given the same Saquon Barkley after that major injury. I just don't think he's going to be. Is Daniel Jones a good quarterback? Yes. Is he a great quarterback? Uh-uh. Not even close. But he can get you six, seven, maybe eight wins with the right pieces around him. But thats And there's very few quarterbacks who don't need the right pieces around him and still win. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, formerly. Rest in peace in your NFL career, Tom Brady. Uh Patrick Mahomes, though he's got a lot of help. <laughs> um yeah, I think those are the three quarterbacks who don't need help. 2603. Was Flores paid? Offered to lose uh, games. That's a big one. And why would it only be coming out now? That raises questions for me. That's a and that's a great point. Who offers someone a hundred? Was that was it a hundred thousand dollars? Is that correct? I think a hundred thousand dollars to go lose a football game. And the other part, and I, I don't think this is true either. What Brian Flores said that the whole Tom Brady meeting, the whole Tom Brady meeting, I should say. I don't think that's true. I think it's false. So I think there's lying going on from both sides. And the NFL is caught in a whirlwind storm, more like a tornado, an F4. And I don't know if they're going to get out of it. This one's going to be bad. This one's going to be really bad. Uh, 2305, when is the big blocker Rudy Gobert going to be coming back to play for the Jazz? And also, what would it take to acquire George Ying in a deal to bring him home? Okay, uh, I'm going to make this very clear. Nobody in Salt Lake City, in Hiram, in Logan, in Nibley, in Menden, or Wellsville, or Richmond, or Preston, wants anything to do with George Nguyen coming back to Utah. Nobody wants the Italian medallion back to Utah. Okay, chubby arms. We don't need them. You could do so much better. I would rather take Composo. Then take George Nying. Uh Rudy Gobert looks like he'll be coming back next week, early next week, I should say. Uh, don't forget NBA All Star Reser- NBA All Star reserves will be announced here shortly. Uh, sources saying that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert will be on the West team. We'll find out if that's true. One five seven zero. I don't believe there was any racism for not hiring Flores. Flores is a defensive coach, and right now, offensive coaches are more successful in the NFL. I think that is more of a factor than skin color. One hundred percent agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. I don't think an organization goes in there and says, oh, guys, he's colored, so we're not going to hire him. I don't care if he's a good assistant He's, and if he's a horrible coach. He might be the best coach, but we're not going to hire him because he's colored. That's not true. There's no way that's true to me. And I'm colored. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't think that there is racism. Now, was there an intent to hire somebody else? Probably yes. Was it meant to be a white person? No. No. There's, not, there's no way that they said, hey, we're going to hire this guy right now simply because he's white. That's just not true. I I, I I doesn't make any sense to me. None at all whatsoever. It's simply the fact that Brian Dable, and I love what you said, 1570, 1570. That he's an offensive-minded coach. He did it with the Patriots, and he's done it with Alabama. And he's a really bright offensive-minded coach too. That he was going to be a better fit for the New York Giants than Brian Flores would have been. And by the way, there were rumors and murmurings that Brian Flores was not really great with the players. That some players were not a fan of him. Because here's the thing. Do you, you find it a lot, that when a coach is let go, or is, or is in an interim tag job as a head coach, that if a team wants him back, players will absolutely voice for him. For example, three years ago, when uh, after Matt Wells had left the Texas Tech, Frank Miley was the interim coach for the bowl game. We had a press conference on that following Monday. And I remember watching Quinn Ficklin, who's one of the most personality kind of guys, very vibrant personality, and he's his eyes were watering talking about Frank Miley. That's what, that's what the Dolphins would have needed to do to convince not only the Dolphins, but the rest of the league that, hey, you are a guy who could be a head coach for this organization. You have what it takes. You have... A great track record with players. Now, maybe he did with Patriots. Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower, Gerard Mayo. Yeah, maybe he did with those guys. But with the Dolphins, it wasn't the case. In fact, that's been a long history with Belichick assistants becoming head coaches somewhere else. Matt Patricia was hated by the Detroit Lions. Think about that. The Detroit Lions, they hate their own mascot, and they hated Matt Patricia more than they hated their own mascot. And that's saying something. There's no way in the world that I look at that Brian Flores situation and say, "Well, it's all about racism." It's not. I I, I don't see that. Four two six zero. Keep coming. Uh, keep bringing the text. By the way, love to hear from you guys. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. Uh, it would take Danny Singer drinking wild strawberry lemonade to get George Nying back. Oh, Danny Ainge, sorry. Danny Singer, Danny Ainge, Danny Singer Ainge drinking wild strawberry lemonade to get Nying back. Okay. If Danny Ainge brings George Ning back, I can tell you right now, they're moving this team, they're moving this team to Vegas. They're absolutely moving this team to Vegas. Without question, that that would be proof in the pudding. Uh, 2305. It's always fun to bring up the subject of George Yang with AJ. I enjoy that. Okay, you know what? You, sir, I am blocking your text right now. There we go. You, no, you will not be seeing any more text from 2305. Alright, 1570. I believe the Rooney rule is kind of racist in itself. I understand the basics of it, and it makes some sense, but teams are going to interview who they feel would be the best for the job, whether they're black or white. If we're forcing a team to interview a minority, that is this. That this kind of stuff happens because they have to interview the minority. It's almost like saying you have to hire me because I'm black, which is racist. Also a, uh, a thought to that. You're, uh, you're right. You're going to find the best coach to bring into your organization. And, I, and I've said it already, but I'll say it again. Is Brian Flores the best coach or at least the best head coach for our organization? And if he would be, then the Dolphin players would have vouched for the guy. I never heard one word from a Dolphins player that said, boy, they made the wrong decision. Brian Flores is supposed to be our head coach. The guy won seven straight and nearly got us to the playoffs. I never saw anybody pound their fist to the table and say, this is our guy. Nobody did that. At least not that I heard of from the Miami Dolphins. And and I do understand what the Rooney Rule is trying to do. I get it. But an organization is going to look at Coach A and Coach B. Coach A is going to be why Coach B is going to be a different ethnicity, and they're going to say, you know what, the two and two are equal. Let's see what they bring to our organization. What kind of relationship can they build with our players? And if I if it's and you're never going to win, right? Like, the league's never going to win with this rule. And this is why I don't like the Rooney rule, is because it's a lose-lose. If you hire the black guy, everyone's going to say, well, it's because of the Rooney rule. If you hire the white guy, then everyone's going to say, well, the league's racist. It's never, ever going to be, it's never going to be the same. 2305. Do you want to lose a good loyal listener? Okay. Oh, crap. I didn't block him. I thought I blocked him. I did not block him. Stick with me, two three zero five. We appreciate your text messages are great. Two six zero three. With Flores, you have to go back to the fact that offense and defensive coordinators never wanted to stay with him for more than one year. Obviously, dudes didn't want him, and no current players have voice for Flores to stay. Fact: the Lions hate baby seals almost as much. Oh, the Lions hate baby seals almost as much as they hate winning. That could be true too. Hey, by the way, do you think that like? The Lions are just dying inside watching Matthew Stafford go to a Super Bowl as a starting quarterback of the Los Angeles Rams. You had the chance to build talent around this guy and you gave him one of the greatest receivers ever in Calvin Johnson who decided to call a quits because A, your team was just absolute trash and B, he was getting lit up every time. And he wanted to protect his health. But he, like, think of the great athletes who retired early. There's another one from the Lions, and you know who I'm talking about. It's Barry Sanders. Calvin Johnson's another one, though. And so when Calvin Johnson left, Matthew Stafford was put in a really horrific position. What was similar to Alex Smith going to the San Francisco 49ers and putting in a horrendous situation, a no-win situation, was the same situation that Matthew Stafford was in when Calvin Johnson left. You had no running game. You had no offensive line. You sure as hell had no uh, head coach and offensive coordinator. And you're expected to go win games. I'm so happy for Matthew Stafford to be in a Super Bowl. But if you're a Lions fan, you got to be just, I mean, you're throwing up. Like, you are going to drink 40 wild strawberry lemonades just to get you through a four-hour Super Bowl. My condolences to you. Absolute condolences. 2603. The Lions never have to worry about watching football this late in the year, so they don't know how Stafford is (laughs) doing. That's good. (laughs) That's good. And you know what? I don't think, like, people say Jacksonville is the furthest team away from the planet of winning, right? Like, they are Pluto. And by the way, Pluto is a planet. I don't care what the solar system people say. Pluto is a planet. Jacksonville is further, excuse me, Jacksonville is closer to winning football games than Detroit is. Detroit is so much more further away, not even remotely close. Uh, Let's see here. 3862. Calvin Johnson would rather get lit up smoking weed than lit up on the football field. Well, yeah, one brings you temporary pleasure, and the other one brings you death. Either gonna die on the football field, and I've I, but I've never smoked weed three eight six two. So don't you dare think anything. But I'm sure if Calvin Johnson enjoys doing that, then he's I mean not dying on the football field. So you might be right. Uh six eight nine one. It would be hilarious to see Megatron come out of retirement, and then watch him go to like the Packers and play with Aaron Rodgers. None of us are gonna be laughing after that. 9952, question, why aren't there more minority coaches based on 75% of players being minority? You can't tell me they aren't qualified. I'm not saying they're not qualified. I never said a minority not qualified. I'm just simply telling you an organization doesn't hire a coach because they don't want a minority coach. That doesn't happen. They just simply, I mean, for, I mean take the Brian Dabble thing situation, like, they just wanted coach, I mean want Brian uh, Dabble more than they wanted Flores, simply for the fact that Coach Dabble had offensive experience for a team that has an offensive quarterback. right? 2:305. you shouldn't threaten to block any listeners. I thought the show was supposed to be about sports and having some fun with it. I'm my apologies. I promise you, I was not blocking you. I, I swear to life, I was never going to block you. I was just just joking. Jokes. Having fun. I've never blocked the list in my life. I don't think I've ever blocked the list in my life. No, I haven't. No, never. All right. (laughs) Let's move on. Uh, Again, NBA All-Star Reserves. Actually, they've just been announced. What do you know? Uh, Here are your NBA All-Star Reserves for the Western Conference. You ready? Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Draymond Green, Chris Paul, Carl Anthony Towns, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. Those are 2022 NBA West All Star Reserves. Again, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, uh, Draymond Green, Chris Paul, Cat Towns, Donovan Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert. That's a good list right there. That's a good list. Um, hmm. Intrigued to see how. How they do. Hey, because they're still doing the thing where they, uh and uh, make sure I'm right on this. Are they still doing the thing where they pick two captains and those guys will select the players? Isn't that right? Like, they still pick players Uh, with the two captains? I can't remember how it goes anymore. I, I swear they've changed it like three different times. But uh, here, I mean, it's cool though. And by the way, the Utah Jazz have more All Stars in the NBA All Star Game than the LA Lakers. Oh, breaking news right here! Uh, Draymond Green, who is selected for the All Star Game, has announced that he will not play in the All Star Game. So, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver will choose a replacement. Who should replace? Draymond Green in the NBA All-Star Game. Who would you select? By the way, I think Devin Booker should be starting in the All-Star Game. Kind of, I'm, I'm shocked that he's not, but that, that's really unfortunate. Who would you select? Anthony Davis? I know he's been injured. Um, oh, man, I don't know who I'd take. 1570 text in. We can go the same way and say, isn't it racist that 75% of the league is black? We need more white running backs and more white wide receivers, but teams get the best qualified players no matter the skin color. I agree. Yep, I would agree with that. 1540, text in. Uh, I get tired of the argument that we should hire black coaches because 75% of the players are black. Is everyone prepared to hire white people based on the makeup of the company being majority white? Are they prepared to elect politicians because there is a majority white population? Uh, Yeah. Look, I think an organization should just hire the person who's best fit for the job. I honestly think people should just hire someone who's best fit for the job. Like, and and if you think it's this guy and you have a legitimate reason why to hire him, then you take him. The whole, like, and again, that's what the dangerous thing about the Rooney rule is is that it's now, well, if you didn't hire this minority coach. Then it's racist. But maybe I mean, and look, maybe the minority coach was great. Maybe Brian Flores would have been awesome. I don't know. But based on the history of what happened with Miami and where Coach Brian Dable is right now, I I, I don't think it's the worst thing now, the best the worst selection to select him. And I mean that's again, it's just it's kind of a lose lose situation. It's kind of a scary thing. Four two six zero is Draymond's replacement going to be another Andrew Wiggins, and that's what I'm worried about. And, and again, I think Andrew Wiggins took away a starting spot, and that's and that's what's a bummer, right? That Andrew Wiggins steals a starting, a starting spot from another and worthy All Star player. Here is what your Eastern Conference reserves look like. Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, and Fred Van Leet, or Fleet, wow, Fran Leet, uh, Fred Van Fleet, and those are a bunch of worthy all-stars, too, Darius Garland, that's pretty cool, it's good to see him in there, James Harden making it doesn't surprise me, Zach, Le. I want to keep calm. Zach Levine. Uh, Chris Middleton making it. That's that's good for Chris. I would probably agree with that. Jason Tatum, absolutely. So, my question is, hey, did Jalen Brown make the All-Star starting lineup, or did he not make it?
7: Hmm.
3: Uh, Jason Tatum not starting kind of surprises me, though. So again, Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, and Fred Van Fleet. Those are your Eastern All-Star Reserves. Should be lots of fun. Uh, In regards of the Jazz Injury Report, this is as of about an hour ago. This is what it looks like. Rudy Gobert is out. Daniel House is out. Joe Ingles, of course, is out. Jordan Clarkson is questionable. Hassan Whiteside is questionable. Now, Donovan Mitchell, again, he has officially cleared the NBA concussion protocol. The question is, now he's got to go through some kind of a conditioning, right? You got to get him back into basketball shape. How long is that going to take? Shouldn't take as long as it did with the concussion protocol. 1570. I'm not sure Rudy or Donovan should play in the All-Star game. Stay healthy and miss the All-Star game, right? Yeah, and and that's and that's actually a great point like i mean rudy's coming off a uh, calf strain and don was coming out of concussion protocol and the all-star game i believe is next week or in 2 weeks i believe um you want those guys healthy for the second half of the season so you can make a run at this whole thing i would i would guess man well i mean they're going to play but I, i'm that's not a bad thought 1570 maybe Sit out the All Star Game so you can have, rest your body and be ready to go for the uh, second half of the season because you're going to be a playoff team and you want to make a playoff push and you're going to have to have guys healthy now you now well without Joe Ingles being there and the trade deadline is coming up I don't know what that's going to look like I know someone asked about it by the way and I'm sorry I missed your text uh are the if the Jazz are going to make a trade. Uh, They will make a trade. Uh, We'll see what it looks like when it comes to that point, though. Not sure what it's going to be. All right, let's take a break. Coming back, uh, we'll get to some Utah State basketball. They take on San Jose State tonight. You'll hear from Coach Odom as well. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press on 106.9 The Fan. Advanced Heating and AC, the gold medal winner in the best of northern
1: Utah, is teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you with the best furnace units available. And now is the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns. Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and AC and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning at 752-7272. Stop by at their showroom west of DI. Online at advancedheating-ac.com.
5: The new year isn't the only thing we're celebrating here at Alpine Home Medical. This year marks our 25th anniversary, and we could be happier to serve you. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. If you haven't shopped with us, we'd love for you to make us your one-stop shop for any of your home medical needs. They're always changing, so please don't hesitate to stop by any of our 10 locations throughout Utah and Southern Idaho. Alpine Home Medical, we bring home. Or online at alpinehomemedical.com. This is The Herd.
4: The winner in this is also
2: Colin Cowherd.
4: If you're a Cowboys fan, you can blame the refs all you want. You trail the entire game. There was a play earlier in the game when Jimmy Garoppolo, on a fourth and inches, complete bonehead play. It's like a high school play. He didn't let Trent Williams, his left tackle, who moved to the right side, get set. It's a total bonehead play. This is The Herd. Weekdays from
6: 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The
2: Fan.
6: In the vast ocean, there was room for only one victor. Pull broadside, men. We've lost to main Brace your hands. Many would never come back. For
2: the Queen!
6: But those who did would be legend. This epic battle for destiny we will have to wait until after it
5: rains. But Dad, we're winning. I don't want to get wet. Dad. We're at sea. Maybe we can storm the kitchen. Children who spend time with their parents are less likely to drop out of school, abuse
7: drugs or alcohol, and are more likely to finish college. So imagine what a little time can do for your family. To the deli! From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints
6: interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press 106.9 The Fan 1390
3: AM. All right, let's be real here, folks. I know we talked about it before. Uh, again, the Eastern All Star and Western All Star reserves have been announced. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have made the All Star game, but as I think about it, from one five seven zero, maybe Rudy should sit it out. It's a good text. Like maybe he should sit out the All Star game. I, If I'm not mistaken, I mean, he still gets paid, like the bonus, because he made the all-star team, right? But maybe he should rest his body, rest his leg, rest his calf. As Eric says, this is a title-contending team. At least this is a Western Conference playoff top-tier team. And they should be thinking about getting past the second round. You can't do that without Rudy Gobert. You can't do that without Donovan Mitchell. If you don't have one or both of those guys, you are not going to be in the Western Conference Finals. You will not be a title contending team. Maybe you sit out. Uh, Draymond Green announced that he will not be playing in it, and so they'll need to find a sub for him. Um, And it could be a litany of guys. I don't know. Because, I mean, Memphis, maybe, you you snag somebody out of there. Jokic didn't play last night. I'm sure he'll play for the All-Star game, though. Uh, Luka Doncic is in it. I don't know if anybody in Dallas tracks me enough to be in there. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be kind of slim pick. I mean, so, riddle me this. What if. What if you took Mike Conley into the All Star game, or would you, as a Jazz fan, rather not have Mike Conley in there? Are you guys worried about injuries to the? Uh, would you rather see Rudy and Donovan sit out the All Star game, get ready for the second half of the season, or would you? Or would you be okay watching him play? It's a good thought, really good thought. Uh, Utah State takes on San Jose State tonight. Have you guys seen the line for this game? I I mean, these are two teams headed in the completely opposite direction. Way opposite direction. Uh, I believe San Jose State's lost, what, like eight, nine in a row now? And, of course, the Utah State men's basketball team just keeps piling on wins left and right. The line is 20 for the San Jose State Utah State basketball game. 20. <laughs> I don't think we've seen a line that big in favor of Utah State this season. I I guess in a like in a real matchup. Like we're not talking about Carroll College or UC Davis. We're talking about quality basketball teams and this is a this is a Mountain West Conference basketball team. But the line is 20 on this. San Jose State and Utah State. So, for non-gambling purposes and only entertainment, does Utah State cover? San Jose State's 0-8 in Mount West play. They're 7-13 on the season. Boise State takes on Wyoming later tonight. That's going to be a darn good basketball game. Wyoming at home just beat Colorado State in a thriller in Laramie. They stay inside Laramie in Arena Auditorium. Take on the Boise State Broncos. Wyoming 17 3 on the season. 6 1 in conference play. Boise State 17 4 on the season. 8 0 in Mountain West. That is going to be some good basketball over there. I like I actually no, excuse me. I like Boise to win that game. For something about just Something about having confidence playing on the road. Like, what Boise State's done on the road, at San Diego State, at Utah State, at New Mexico. I mean, they're they're playing with a lot of swag right now, is Boise State. I like them against Wyoming. I think Boise State gets the win there. Utah State, San Jose State tonight, of course. Utah State, 13-9 on the season. They're now 4-5 and five in Mountain West play, and they're winners of the last three. This is a makeup game that was supposed to be played on January 1st, but COVID inside of San Jose State's program postponed this game until now. Sounds they State again seven and 13 overall, 0 and 8 in Mountain West play. They are on an absolute schneid, to say the least. They have lost eight straight games, and none of these games have been close. Here's your scores. They lost by 20 to Fresno State, 79-59. Lost to Colorado State by 16, to UNLV by 25, to Wyoming by 15. Uh, they lost to UNLV by 8. They lost to Air Force by 10. New Mexico by 16. And Fresno by 30. They take on the Aggies tonight. They take on Boise State on Saturday. At 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Don't forget Utah State men's basketball. 4 o'clock on Saturday against UNLV. 3 o'clock pregame with Al Lewis. Give me your likes so far of the Utah State Aggies in their three-game conference winning streak. Give me your likes four three five three three nine zero three two one. What do you like so far of the Utah State Aggies? What are you seeing here? I'll give you a few likes of mine. I like Ashworth starting. I know Rylan Jones came in starting, but I like. You know how we always talk about how annoying the Utah County people are down there. They're just like verbally annoying, like social media wise on Twitter. They're annoying. That's what Steven Ashworth is on defense. He's just this annoying little brat who will just be in your grill all day, all night. Now, off the court, he's one of the nicest people in the world. I'm talking about when he's playing defense against somebody. For that opponent, he is as annoying as it gets. And then he draws these offensive fouls. He's able to, he sells them, honestly. He sells them really well. But I love Ashworth's defense, and I think that's why he should be starting the rest of the way. Am I crazy to be saying he should be starting over Ryland Jones? Because I love what Ryland brings off the bench. I think Ryland brings great leadership. He still brings some good toughness defensively. He's still a good scorer, and he's going to get those opportunities. He'll play tonight. I don't know if he'll be under a minute restriction tonight. I'm not sure about that yet. But he'll play tonight. Brock Miller is out tonight, by the way. But I really do like what I'm seeing out of Steven Ashworth in the starting lineup. Another like that I have Trevin Dorius. He's came along really well from the first part of the season to now. I think you're seeing a really good Trevon Dorius. Big, strong bodies, be more physical. I love how he's been able to get up and just dunk the ball. Not softly laid in, but he's throwing it down. Another like Sean Bear is still starting. Been really good. Uh, You saw, I mean, uh, uh, his first 11 points, six of them were on dunks. Two of them were alley-oops, and one of them was a massive poster. (laughs) The guy's playing great basketball right now. Like, what you're getting out of Sean Barristow is is phenomenal. Max Shulga is another, like, I have. And now he's not going to I don't think he's going to bring you the points contribution as much. But I think he's very physical on defense. He's willing to get in your grill. I think he's got good footwork and he's very calm with the basketball. Those are my likes. Um, dislikes? I don't know if I have many of them. I hate the turnovers. The turnovers are really starting to make me mad. <laughs> I'm really getting annoyed about the turnovers. We gotta stop that. Uh let's see here. 9315. I like that we have three blowout games. I also like the defaulter on the side. Oh, deflate. Okay. You're Okay, 5-2-4-2. Two, two. Isn't Brock Miller done for the season? Uh, when we talked to Coach, uh, he said that Brock's progression is coming on a little bit quicker than they had expected. Yeah, I I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if he still is going to be done for February, comes back for the Mountain West Tournament. But if I can be honest, 5-2-4-2, two, two, I, I wouldn't say he's done for the season yet. I'd hold on to that thought. Just... Because I think there's a chance that he, you could see him during the Mount West Tournament. Maybe, maybe see him during the Mount West Tournament. Not going to totally put that on, on the grill yet that he's done for the season. Not yet. We'll see. Uh, all right. Uh, let's hear from Coach Odom. Uh, the Aggies take on San Jose State. That's tonight against 7 o'clock. Don't forget, tomorrow we'll have tickets for UNLV Utah State. We'll give out two pairs of tickets tomorrow. Uh, to go to the UNLV Utah State game four o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Hope you can all make it and then stick around and watch some Utah State women's basketball. Will ya join us? Uh, to watch the Lady Aggies, boy, they, they took a heartbreaker to San Diego State last night. Uh, lost it, uh, lost on a lamp at the buzzer, sixty eight sixty seven. That was a that was a bummer. Uh, but they'll try and fight back tomorrow. But uh, but tonight seven o'clock Utah State San Jose State. Tim Miles coming back in the house. Former uh, coach of the Mount West Conference coming back. I, I heard this guy has a personality of Craig Smith, so that'll be fun to watch, right? <laughs> All right, here is Coach Odom talking to the media as the Aggies get ready to take on the Spartans.
7: Our cash back.
3: Wait, hold on. I got to get rid of something here. I got audio running through. Sorry. Totally my bad. Oh, it's a music video of Meatloaf. Don't ask why. <laughs> Here's Coach Odom.
8: Yeah, it's a quick turnaround for both teams. Uh, San Jose State played the late game last night. Obviously, we uh, played against Air Force, and, and um, they had a, a hard-fought game, you know, against Fresno. Um, obviously, we did as well <clears throat> against Air, Air Force, and, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of how both teams respond. Uh, they have some travel ahead of them to get here. Um I like their team. Uh, you know, you watch them on film, in the non-conference. You know, they, they've had some really nice wins. Um, they get some quality opponents. And, you know, the Mountain West has been a little bit unforgiving so far. Uh, they've been in games. Uh, they've had some games where they didn't play as well, and other teams got the best of them. Uh, you know, they really are reliant on their, their shooting, you know, in general. And that, that percentage, is in, in terms of attempts, has gone up. Even in conference play, uh, they're really searching for threes and they have one through five that can shoot at all times pretty much on the court. And so if you don't pay attention to them, uh, you know behind the line, um, you know you can have a problem uh, you know, throughout the game. They made 17 threes one game you know this season. And so one of the better shooting teams in our conference and, and one that we're going to have to really pay attention to, you got a dynamite young player and more you know obviously in his second year and and he's playing really good basketball he's got 90 some assists averaging 14 a game uh looks really fluid out there he's got good size for a guard and they have shooters around them uh, they're playing a freshman point guard uh, a couple of transfers and and uh and you know i think you know he's they're they're playing they're playing better than their results are, are showing right now they had, what, five major college
1: recruits from big programs. So those guys must be talented guys, obviously. Yeah,
8: no question. I mean, guys from Arizona, Ole Miss. um, I'm not sure Oklahoma was the other one. Um, You know, and some are playing more than others, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it takes time to put that together. You know, I mean, it's a little bit different than our situation. And, you know, with two guys that came from my school at UMBC, uh, you know, when you're having to put it together with guys from other schools, um, you know, and, and from overseas, you know, that can be difficult. Um, not as easy. Putting your system in, um, you know, can, can be challenging. But uh, I like what they're doing so far. They, they run a ton of sets and really challenge your defense. They move you around. They're playing zone uh, which, as you know, can impact the game significantly. They have two zones that they play, a 1-3-1 one, one and a 2-3, and they're playing it about 55% of the time now, so playing it more in conference than they did out of conference. And so something in a one-day prep that's not easy to prepare for. So, um, you know, the threes will be similar, you know, to Air Force. The only difference is their center shoots it, right, as opposed to last night where Brandon was able to kind of play the lane and be a helper and then get back you know not slow because we didn't encourage him to get back slow but we we did tell him hey you got to you got to make sure you're helping on 10 first and uh, tomorrow's going to be a little bit different is more I mean, Moore hasn't got as many threes as some of the other guys looking at the stats. Is yeah. he more
2: of a driver? He's more
8: of a, a driver, but he his percentages, he's only I think he's only attempting two or three a game, right? Um, but he, he's his percentages are good. And so you cannot leave him. You can't just go under ball screens and think he's not going to shoot it. Like, our sustained pressure or our ball pressure has got to be there, no different than it was, you know, last night against Air Force. I mean, that's how you guard three-point shooters. You guard... Outside of the line, and you put pressure on them without getting beat, and you, you, you arrive on the catch, and you don't let them do what they want to do. And that's easier said than done.
0: What's the biggest challenge? Second game, you've got to play three this week, so a row, short turnaround? Yeah,
8: I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's just making sure our bodies are ready and not overdoing it. Um, a mental prep. Um, you know, we are at home, so we're not traveling, we're not together. You know, I mean, we're together for a little bit. And then they go home and kind of go their separate ways. So that sometimes can be challenging. It's a little bit easier on the road when you're all together uh, because you, you have more time to watch the film and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I mean, nothing really changes in terms of our preparation for this particular game. We've had one-day preps before uh, in Myrtle Beach. You know, we had, we had those. So, um, you know, when we played Oklahoma, that's what that was. And so our guys have done it before, so they understand did you look at – I mean, did you know far enough ahead that
1: you weren't going to play San Jose or were you already starting to scout or things at the time? Were, like yeah, what I mean, I'm saying, have you, have get you had it, to re-refresh yourselves or how did that – Well, know, I mean, the team do? the
8: team has not right? And so the the preparation with the team, you know, is, is pretty quick. From a coaching perspective, I mean, as we go about through the conference and we're halfway through now, I mean, you've seen every team play multiple times, even if you haven't played them. You know, you you have common opponents, and I'm scouting for Fresno, but they're playing San Jose State, so I get a feel for how San Jose State plays. Now, when you really dive into it, it's, you know, the assistants have to be ahead, further ahead than I am. Like, my total focus is on what's happening in that particular game, who we're prepping for, and so I really don't usually start looking at them until after, even though I've seen them play, I don't dive in until after that game is over the assistants. Or the Once physical? their prep is okay. done, they okay. begin on the other. It sounds
1: like a physical type team. Do they go they're pretty physical, that yeah. They're, uh, the boards, they're getting out get rebounded about four or five. Again. Yeah, I, I mean,
8: they're, they're very help-oriented on the baseline. They're going to come at you when you drive to the basket, and they have pretty good size, as you'll see tomorrow night. I mean, across the board, they're pretty big. And, and so... You know, we're, our rim decisions are going to be really important again, uh, you know, in this game against San Jose State, no different than they were against Air Force or San Diego State or Nevada. Um, and I think that's an area where we've improved is not taking hard shots around the rim and taking the right ones, but also taking the right threes. And that just requires quick decisions and ball toughness, you know, an area that we can improve upon. You know, the last three games, the turnovers have gotten away from us a little bit, so we got to rein that in. But... Been pretty efficient, other how than you, that. Uh, how do you,
2: you know, it's, it can be tough to take a team that has lost eight straight, you know, to, to give
3: them the proper weight coming into a contest. How do you guys
8: that? Yeah, I mean, it's just the next team we're playing. I mean, I, I think, you know, if you take the mentality that this team's in your way, it doesn't really matter, you know, what the results have been for them. And we lost four in a row, right? And we've had some success the last three games. And so, nothing that success is never final. Right, and that's the message to our team is like, how can we keep improving? And our execution and preparation, our fight, our hunger uh, has to be there. No different than we lost four or we've won three in a row, it doesn't matter. Right, that preparation's got to stay the same, and that hunger's got to stay the same, and so that's the message. And and we've got smart guys, and they they understand that it's not going to be because if we lose. is not going to be that they're going to have to beat us, right? And that's that's what we've been talking about. As opposed to there's a disrespect there. Like we're never going to disrespect another program. Everybody works too hard.
6: Basically, was going to ask about just having veterans being able to. Those guys are probably grounded. Yeah. Let the other guys, you know,
8: overlooking. Yeah, no question. I mean, we don't have the right to. We're still, again, I told the team today in film, we're, what's our record in conference? We're four and five, right? We have a losing record in conference. And so every, if this is another opportunity, right, to change that. And so we've got to be ready you know,
3: for, the, for this opportunity. That's Coach Odom. Utah State, again San Jose State, Utah State going at it tonight, seven o'clock inside the spectrum. Got a text from somebody, good friend of mine, 6767, text in. Hypothetical question. Let's say the Aggies go on a winning streak to end the regular season. Brock Miller also could become healthy for the Mount West Conference tournament. Does Coach Odom interrupt the flow of this current team and bring back and bring Brock back in? Or does he leave at the same? No, he comes back in. He brings you value, Brock does. And there's no way that a guy who can space the court for you, even though he can be very streaky in his shooting, you say, nah, it's just not going to help it. Brock Miller spreads the court for you. He he spaces the court very well for you. He's got to play. If he's ready to go in the Mountain West Conference Tournament, I can guarantee you, the guy's playing. No doubt. All right, we gotta take a break. Coming up, more of the full court press. We'll wrap it up here on a Thursday evening on 106.9 The Fan.
5: Ascent Aesthetics is a premier aesthetic practice. Doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette of Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throw are proud to offer you a professional aesthetics team. The Ascent team is passionate about education, best techniques, products, procedures, and services. If you're looking for help with Botox, fillers, microneedling, laser hair removal, medical grade facials, or skincare, Ascent will help you feel confident, beautiful, and refreshed. See which Ascent services right for you and learn more at ascentaesthetics.com that's ascentaesthetics.com
8: this
4: is your mountain west basketball update with nate kreckman bryce hamilton dropped 42 last week at colorado state this week hamilton and the rest of the unlv run and rebels able to keep it rolling at home against nevada
5: bryce comes right side spins in the lane fall away 14 footer why not huge bucket there. Lead is 11 with a minute 20 to go.
4: John Sandler on ESPN 1100 in Vegas. Hamilton and Donovan Williams 17 points apiece and UNLV gets the win 69-58 Tuesday at the Thomas and Mack. Rebels have won three of their last four. They're five and four in conference a half game back of fifth place Fresno State. The Bulldogs an impressive 73-43 road win at San Jose State Tuesday getting another big game from the junior big man Orlando Robinson. They're working into Robinson right of the lane shooting over Sean Robinson. High Archer
1: is in. 18 for Orlando, and the Bulldogs lead by 26 in San
4: Jose. That's Paul Leffler from Learfield. Robinson finishes with 18 to go with five rebounds and five assists. He's fourth in the Mountain West in scoring. One other Tuesday final, make it three in a row now for Utah State as things are really clicking for the Aggies.
1: Bean takes the straightaway three. Yes, sir! Justin Bean! Aggies with their second three of the night. Aggies up by six.
4: Scott Gerrard from Learfield, Utah State, downs Air Force 73-46. Bean with 17-9, Aggies holding opponents to just 51 points a game on this win streak. Monday, border war in Laramie, and Hunter Maldonado and Drake Jeffries bring the house down at the double-A. 10 on the shot clock, out to Jeffries, the long three. That's good! Drake Jeffries, the three, puts Wyoming up 81-76. That's Reese Monaco from Learfield, Wyoming, over Colorado State, 84-78. Jeffries hits five threes. Maldonado a career-high 35, pokes 6-1 and one in the league. And that's your Mountain West basketball update. I'm Nate Kreckman.
1: The Karen Nielsen Guild Mortgage team will help you find the loan to fit your life. Guild Mortgage offers hundreds of loan products for a wide variety of borrowers, including first-time homebuyers, military families, and rural residents. Guild Mortgage also offers many state, county, and city housing programs that provide down payment assistance. At Guild, they work hard to deliver what matters most to you with a loan that fits your life. Call 435-294-2480 or Google Karen at Guild Mortgage. NMLS 3274 and 80226 Equal Housing Lender
5: this is Ryan at My Mattress. My wife and I were laughing the other day cause she read an article about things not to buy online. The first thing was prom dresses. Dresses advertised versus dresses delivered. Needless to say what people thought they were getting is not what they got. It's much the same with mattresses. Almost always buying a mattress online ends in buyers being let down. At My Mattress we try to always exceed expectations. Lower prices than online and better beds. Only at My Mattress.
4: It's engagement season. Time to find the perfect ring. SC Needham Jewelers is known for beautifully cut diamonds at excellent prices. Guys, the sparkle is what matters most in the diamond you give your sweetheart. Our diamonds stand apart from those of other stores. Come view our diamonds under magnification. Select a diamond that fits your budget and then have it mounted in a ring that she'll love. Remember, you get SC Needham quality at internet pricing. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. SC Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. It's
6: the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: Corey Press here at 106.9 The Fan. Big thanks to all you joining us and listening to us and texting in and being part of the show. Greatly appreciate you. Asters, not, not Aztecs, wow. Aggies and Spartans go at it tonight at 7 o'clock. 6, 6 o'clock pregame with Al Lewis. That's just beginning in minutes on our sister station on 610 KVNU. You'll hear from coach, you'll hear from players, you'll hear from Al and Jalen Moore as well. And then postgame will be with John Russell, Al Lewis, and Jalen Moore. So make sure you tune into that. Uh, high school basketball tomorrow night. We're down the stretch of the Region Eleven play. Here's the games going on for February 4th. Man, only three Region games left. That's incredible. Uh, Bear River will be taken on Skyview. That will be on 104.9 The Ranch and also on 106.9 The Fan. Game set for 7 o'clock. In fact, all these tips are at 7 o'clock. Uh, Bear River will be with Ross Zundel. Skyview will have uh, John Newbold as their play caller. Uh, here on the radio, Green Canyon will be taking on Logan. So, since i will be Green Canyon, it'll be Craig Hislop on the call along with John Russell. Uh, and then Ridgeline will take on Mountain Crest. Boy, Mountain Crest took a shellacking from Logan. Uh, and Ridgeline will host Mountain Crest now. So, Dave Simmons and Nick Zondra will be on the call tomorrow evening. That'll be on 1045 The Ranch. And uh, Green Canyon will be on 100.9 Light FM, 610 AM KVNU. Uh, the Mountain Chris Ridgeline game will also be airing on 1077-KLZX. Don't forget, you can also find recaps of the games, the uh, archives of the games, and including its full entirety video of the game itself streaming on its video uh, on CashValleyDaily.com. Uh, if you have uh, uh, really have to miss the game for whatever reason, miss the highlights, uh, whatever it is, go to CashValleyDaily.com, and you can find all the recap action, including photo galleries of Utah or. Ur- I can't do it today. Of Region 11 basketball and of Utah State as well. Why not? Uh, recaps and photo gallery of Utah State men's basketball today or uh, this evening against San Jose State. Again, the line is 20 points. I think that is so big. That is huge. I don't know who says and puts down money for 20, but again, this San Jose State team's lost eight in a row. And this Aggies team, it's only three in a row, but it's been a dominant three in a row. Really dominant three games, uh, three wins in a row for the Aggies. Uh, with San Diego State, Nevada, uh, and Air Force. They have a chance to make it four in a row. They can win tonight. And then you got all the momentum in the world as you host UNLV coming up on Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. That'll be a good one. Bryce Hamilton coming into the house. Uh, that guy is playing out of his mind right now. Uh, and then Boise State, Wyoming is another good one. That one's set for tip off, I believe, at 8 o'clock, as is uh, BYU in San Francisco. That'll be another good ball game. Uh, going on, I believe, in Provo. So a lot of good college basketball on tonight. hope you all enjoy it. Uh, don't forget we'll be on tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. here on Friday. Get you ready for the weekend uh, and everything going on for jazz basketball as well. I'm obviously Allison. A big thanks to uh, Coach Amy Smith for joining us here on the show. You've been listening to the Full Court Press on 106.9